What's up, stoners? Welcome back to another episode of That Bud Tender Podcast. As always, I am your host, Bianca Blanche. On today's episode, we are talking to my friend, Bree Jernigan. She and I first met when we were working at the cafe together. We ended up getting close pretty quickly at the cafe. We had both previously worked for a cannabis company named Kaliva that's here. They're actually based out of San Jose. Um, so Brie worked at their dispensary in San Jose as a bud tender. I was working as a brand ambassador for them down here in Southern California. Beautiful shop. If you listeners in Northern California haven't checked out Kaliva, they, um, they're awesome. They're a great company. I really enjoyed working for them. So did Brie. And so that was kind of a really quick icebreaker. And then we were both asked to be a part of Green Entrepreneur's Top Bud Tenders of 2019, which was really fun. And I mean, yeah, it was just really fun. It was new to both of us. Neither of us have ever um I don't think we'd ever been like celebrated for our budgeting before so so that was really cool and neither of us knew what we were doing when we had to shoot for it so that was fun to have each other she's a really smart cookie she's currently getting her master's in cannabis with the University of Maryland Baltimore she dives into a little bit of her curriculum and what she's learned thus far for us. So if you guys are interested in pursuing a higher education in cannabis, it's happening. There are places I actually, my email gets blown up by the University of San Diego about a cannabis program as well. And then I think there's something called, is it Oaksterdam? I really should do my research before I start recording these, but whatever. I think it's in Northern California. Point is, cannabis education is a thing. Brie is super duper passionate about cannabis and and her knowledge shines through in this episode. I was really stoked to sit down with her and catch up. We talk about race a bit. We're both um, biracial, so we talk a little bit about, you know, what it's like growing up being mixed. I think it's a conversation that's being had more and more, which is great because I know growing up, a lot of us didn't feel like we had a place or a space, so it's cool to be taking up space, and our stories are just as important and um, valuable, and there is beauty in our duality or however many things you are. I know... I'm a shit ton. Um, but yeah, that was really cool. We also talk a little bit about being a female in cannabis, um, what that's like, what it's like being a woman in general and coming into your womanhood, like your self-love, feeling sexy, being unapologetic about what you want. Yeah, I'm excited to see her growth. She's just so cool. She's all about sustainability. She gives me hope for the future. I told myself I could smoke this blunt if I could smoke the blunt by recording. Let's start from the beginning. What was your first experience with cannabis? Personal experience or work experience? 
We're going with personal. So my first experience with cannabis uh, was when I was 13, quite, quite young. But um, my mom just always taught me growing up, as long as you get done what you need to get done, that you can, you know, do what makes you happy. So definitely a lot of anxiety, still do um, overthink everything. And that definitely gets in my way a lot. I'm sorry. What is your sun sign? Your zodiac? It is a shit so my birthday is june 21st so i'm like on the cusp of gemini cancer but okay. then on like according to costar it's gemini and then virgo virgo oh so is virgo. your virgo rising and virgo moon yeah so apparently that's like anxiety analyze overthinking everything but then i'm also social so it just comes out okay <laughs> but you know me and you know that yeah and i'm also a virgo rising because I, too, overthink hella shit all the time. You're always so comforting. Like, at the cafe, like, you would see my face and you would just, like, grab my arm. Like, I think you just, like, you knew. So I think that you always were, like, my center. No, definitely. You know, like, when you're at the cafe and you're looking around and everyone's moving so fast and, like, you find, like, one of your other flower hostess, your fellow flower hostess? <laughs> yes. But maybe that's why. You just saw it like right away. I, yeah, I feel you. I feel you on that. (laughs) And I know cannabis has helped me a lot through it. I want to know about the first time you smoked. And I want to know if even at that age, did you realize, hey, this has some kind of like medical benefit that maybe I can't put into words, but I know I feel really good. I, you know, was bullied in like elementary school and then went to a different middle school and it was a private school. So it was just always very hard to kind of like find my group. And then if you know more about me too, like being biracial. So it's like never really finding my place. So I just knew that, you know, when my friends were smoking and like, you know, the guys and stuff, it was just like, I felt like I wasn't as annoying and like felt like I, you know, wasn't like the girl being like talking a lot and like stuff like that. So at first it was just kind of a way to like, you know, like feel a part of the group, not like in the peer pressure way, but like things just felt easier. And then when my mom found out a couple years later, because I was joking with my brother and totally told on myself, and she asked me and I was honest with her, so she didn't get mad. But she said to me, she says, is that why you haven't like been so anxious the last few years? And I was like, that's when it kind of struck. And I was like, well, yeah, I guess. And like, you know, you kind of start connecting like why you felt easier all of a sudden when you're like smoking and like the progression definitely came a little bit later, but realizing at least like a social medicine in a way, if you have like that anxiety. You mentioned something that we haven't really touched upon here on the show, which is being biracial and that feeling of I don't really belong. I know that was something that I felt growing up. Like, I'm not enough for either race, which is obviously not the case. What was that like for you? And and just like nothing really to do with cannabis. Just I'm I'm curious just to get to know you better. Yeah, definitely. Um, Growing up, I was fortunate enough to be like in a lot of different activities. So with Ulster Cheer, it was, you know, girls that were from like a higher economic status or, you know, more white and things like that with straight hair. But then, you know, at my school, in elementary school, it was definitely more of like the black side and, you know, say if my hair is straight, then I'm trying to act too much like a white girl and say for the white girls, like I remember my first time experiencing like, you know, this feeling. I was like nine and I was really good friends with this girl and she was like surprised and she's like, oh, I thought you were just like me when I said what I was. And I just remember feeling just so like, well, I'm not like you now because I'm like, I'm mixed with black and just always having that feeling and never feeling okay enough to talk about it because everyone always thinks that you have it easier. And, you know, in certain ways, you know, there might be benefits to it. I I feel like I'm very adaptable and 
in a lot of different situations and maybe there are certain things that I do get away with I can't obviously sit here with like a blind bias and say that it doesn't but at the same time it's like it's disheartening because you never feel like you can fully be yourself and you always kind of feel like you have to evolve and then you feel like if you evolve too much then you're one side or the other and it's like when people ask me what am I I really want to say I don't identify because I'm like 2014, 15, I don't know, on Ancestry.com. I have so many different races, but <laughs> the family that I'm actually close with is yeah. my God family and then my brother's family. Mm-hmm. Um, we have different moms. So I'm not even actually close with my biological families. Mm-hmm. So like the association and like where do you belong was so hard for me and that's where the overthinking comes. But I guess I would say that's maybe why I have a lot of like Hispanic, Middle Eastern or a lot of kind of friends like that. Um And I feel like getting older, it's been more important to me to definitely like expand my relationships and even still relating that to cannabis. I'm so happy. Not only is it about women coming forward, but especially minorities. And it's just like finally kind of feeling like I have a place and there's some fun, exciting things coming up. Um, I don't want to jinx any of it yet, but that will definitely, I feel like, help me like feel more part of my culture. You know, being afraid, especially to go into a different group and then just being weird just because of your anxiety like you're creating obstacles for yourself because of your fears like when you're with those groups of people that you normally would have that social anxiety with but when you're all smoking like you drop that layer you drop that like judgment that preconceived context like all of that so even just relating it back to cannabis cannabis I feel like has helped me like even my hair being curly right now my hair was straight up until like 21 20 something because I just didn't know how to do it and like now my hair is in like these little funny puffs and stuff like that it's like being older I was always so afraid to be older but getting older and feeling confident myself like now I feel like it doesn't matter what they think about my race because I know that I'm good like I got myself I like the way that I look and I always say I don't wake up to brush my hair for anybody else my hair will look like a whole ass mess but that's me like I I don't need to have it looking one way or the other I mean when you said you feel more adaptable fuck yeah I feel more adaptable I feel like you have to so even like there's so many times where I was around you know my Caucasian friends and they would either like hold themselves back from making comments which makes you feel worse because you know the only reason why I didn't slip out is because you're in the room or when they actually do that the comment out in college I remember this girl it was I had just gotten the sorority so I didn't want to you know overstep anything and she's talking about how black girls have these attitudes and she's going on and I'm oh like God. you know what like I'm an, and you were by the pool like so I'm totally not trying to make a scene and I was like you know I'm black right and she's like yeah but you barely count and it's like is that a compliment oh like and like that's why like then black girls are gonna be like oh well you're over there hanging out with the white girls and like because you know they're talking like you know what mm. they say so either some people don't say it because you're in the room which is like makes you feel 20 times worse now I know what you're capable of and like what do you think of me mm-hmm. and then when they do say it but then you can't be offended because then now you are that black girl that's you know having the attitude so like you defend yourself and you prove the point or you don't and you let that go and like that's fucked up you, you literally can't win. can't win I don't think white people and I, I include myself in this there's no full understanding or comprehending the immense amount of racism it's a simulation that we're fucking up because it really should be so easy and simple and we're all just a part of the human race and when you ask someone what are you as someone as mixed it is kind of awkward to be like now it makes me question yeah like what is running through your mind are we gonna fetishize fetishize is is that the term fetishize (laughs) but how many times i've been told i look exotic or stuff like that like god even like my ex-boyfriend and like 
yeah. like his whole family like it was like I was like oh like am I, am I just like because they'd say like Holly Berry when like you know it could be funny but then it's also like oh I'm just the Holly Berry of the group because I'm the only person that doesn't look like anybody else in this room exactly and it takes away from who Brie is as a person and how multifaceted everyone is people just jump to wild conclusions that's why you gotta smoke weed and think about this and have a conversation with a friend that's chill and be open-minded to learning and to relearning and every day you have to relearn we are never done never so where do you fall are you more millennial or gen z i just had this debate the other day (laughs) with my boyfriend it's 1996 is the last year of millennial you're 96 96 baby I'm 89. So when you were born, I was seven. So I was full blown in school, slinging Spice Girl lollipops on the <laughs> playground. And you were just like taking your first breath. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I always think we're the same age. So I do. Well, we smoke weed together. So we might as well be right. Hell yeah. Where did you grow up? In Pasadena. Oh, shit. So you an LA native. What's yeah. that like? It took me, so I was in Pasadena, then went to college in San Jose and stayed up there for a year and then decided, you know, I just missed being back home. So coming back home was when I was like, this city is honestly amazing. Like we have... Yeah, it takes you to leave in order to appreciate where you are now. I mean, it is a really great city. I come from a fantastic city. Yeah, New York. So I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of cities. <laughs> and LA has stolen my heart. Like, I really do love it here. What's What's the difference between the two scenes, like the weed scenes? I mean, the difference in general between the two scenes is Baria and tech and Silicon and it was nice being in college up there at the time just because everyone is like always trying to advance like you just stat like status with like your resume and progression is just such a thing and then down here it's more like oh yeah like we get along like that person's chill like so with cannabis it's kind of the same like I feel like there's a lot more focus on education and maybe that's why I have such a strong passion for it but even like at my last dispensary like we have companies coming in every week like telling us about their products giving us product sheets and down here I do feel like it's a lot more recreational and like cool packaging and cool branding so I will say this just because this is what I had to deal with like repeating myself in San Jose the entire time and it still stands true the idea that everyone has of LA is really from people that moved here from somewhere else yeah just the stigmas I feel like that people have of LA is a lot of the time and like the aesthetics and everything is because people come here with like a goal to achieve but it's not actually like LA people are usually more just like you know you're you grew up too privileged because everything's like 20 minutes or an hour away from you I feel the same about New York and New Yorkers I feel like New Yorkers get a really bad rap they're mean I've been there twice bitch nobody's mean <laughs> they would push me on the streets well you were probably too slow I don't really fast walker <laughs> My my someone he was like my stepdad. Um, he's from Rochester, so I have okay. mad love. Uh, my nickname's Norma. What? Norma. His is Polly. So Norma and Polly. <laughs> we talk in our accents the entire time. But <laughs> that's amazing. But I, I can appreciate what you're saying. Do you feel like growing up in LA, you were just like unfazed as an adult because you've probably seen a lot so especially in regards to cannabis i remember this one time at the cafe this guy like bought like a lot of weed and i and like he was really nice and by himself and like oh you know i was at the bar so i was really trying to take care of him and he was like oh ma'am like do you want these you know already called me ma'am and whatnot and he wanted i was like you know you like you know you can take them with you you know what i mean and he was like so afraid and he's like but when i he's like i'm in a hotel and i'm like 
yeah, you know, like you could take a walk. And he's like, won't I get arrested? And I just did not understand how to get through to this guy. I was like, right. I was like, I was like, bro, like they have, I was like, just don't smoke by a school. Just don't like, you know, don't be, be like annoying or whatever. But it was just such a, you know, eye-opening moment that like, I just am not really phased by things. And like, I'm just, I kind of like do what I want and like, you know what, you know what I mean? Like, and he was just so afraid to bring cannabis on the street. And I've smoked in front of, you know, like I've done some risky shit with cannabis or whatever, like, you know, smoking, I guess I'm not gonna tell myself. But so in that regard, like just realizing how to me, like, why, what are you afraid of? Like, because you can do anything here. Growing up and even like as a young adult, it would be like, okay, let's hide in an alley. Like, let's be mindful. Yeah, dude. Cause it's not like that laid back, like, weeds everywhere culture See, like I still don't even understand as i'm trying to acknowledge that i didn't understand <laughs> i feel like i'm being mindful i'm like shit no but that's amazing i mean i think it's i think a lot of people are fascinated by it and come here just to immerse themselves in it and that's like just what was in your backyard so how did you get into cannabis did you start at kaliva yes i started at kaliva and it was just definitely my favorite job that I've ever had. The staff, just the environment. They would do even like energy readings at, for the plants at 5 a.m. Oh. Um, just like goals all around. And then when I decided it was about time to move back home, the cafe was opening. So it was just like a perfect segue. I feel like when you just kind of leap into it, you're just like, I'm, I'll figure it out as I go. These opportunities start to show up out of nowhere yeah. and it's literally just the universe and it's like because you were willing to show up for the opportunity, it showed up for you. It's incredible. I love what you're doing where you're like posting about a certain strain and then you say the terpenes and you give us a little like advice. It's kind of like how you just started. I feel like everyone right now just kind of came into January just with like this just different motivation. Quarantine definitely was helpful for me in a certain ways, even just with like my anxiety, my social anxiety or like, you know, always having to be at a job or like always having to adapt and things like that. Just being able to be home in my own space and like not be able to filter out what other people want and what I want. It just my head just like my head calmed down and it cleared out. And it just, the judgment was no longer as important. All the other things were not as important because luckily I don't have to see a bunch of people every day anymore. So I think just being able to have like a lot more alone time and I'm 24 now, I'll be turning 25 in June. So it's kind of like, this is the point in my life where I need to start taking control because a nine to five job is not for me. Um, And just being honest with like things like that. So I was like, if this is something you want to do, you're either going to do it and you're going to do it well or you know, on to the next. But I'm really happy that I started even getting to do this podcast with you. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see more women in the space that are out there educating and that are talking about everything that will make for a mindful consumer. That's why I post of the day, by the way, because there is a time and a place for everything. So hopefully you'll see some adjectives that you like, or even like that's why there's different colors, like the yellow ones are more like sativas and then the greens are hybrid. So it's kind of like, what does that aesthetic give you and those adjectives give you? So people can be more mindful, as you just mentioned. I didn't realize you were playing with color psychology. Yeah, it's deep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Damn. Cannabis, people literally will pick the cutest package. 
And that is why it is so important for brands to put good information on their package that I will sell your product so much faster and in higher quantities if you let me know what's on the what is on the package. Yeah. So like, what are some things that you as a bud tender appreciate on packaging that just makes your life easier and the product easier to sell? I think it's Elite Genetics. They have their terpenes on the package. They have, it's like terpenes and then the cannabinoid content. So say if the bud tender is doing their due diligence and you're keeping up on your terpenes, instead of going sativa hybrid indica, I know that, you know, you kind of have anxiety, but you do want something to kind of keep you up. I'm going to do something, you know, high in limonene, but then also maybe have some sort of like a little bit of linalool or, you know, a little bit of carifiline or things like that. And then say, because in Nevada, you have to, every product they have like a they print out like this report that has the terpenes on there. So you can literally say as a customer, like, you know what? That one had way too much lemon or anything. Can you give me something that's a little bit lower? So the more you study and then that packaging, I can, you know, I have 10 different products in front, like after siftering down through like 200 products, now I'm looking at 10. Give me adjectives like um, my favorite concentrate cereal milk has like happy, energetic, joyful, like on the packaging. That's what I want. Boom, I'm going to grab that. Just let me know what's in the product. Be as honest as you can. Because um, if you also, this company too is like saying that they're, you know, all natural or what, and then you find out they're not, you're going to be way more mad than if you knew that in the first place. It's like Jeter's. We all know that it's botanical chirps, but I still love it because they're honest about it. Yeah. Shout out to Jeter's. Oh. The staff at the cafe would like, we would clean it out before it could even like hit Hi. the menu. Should love you guys. <laughs> Where are you working right now? I, for the first time ever actually do not have a job, went from like having two jobs, oh, but I yes. am in school right now getting my master's for cannabis science and therapeutics. So I am in a fortunate position right now too, because I have like student loans and things like that to do my schooling, work on my projects and do that. I do think I would do want to do, I'm going to be a vet tender in a couple months though. It's um, going to be for some like field research for one of the classes I want to create. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out. Can, just give us a little more info actually about that for other people who might want to go and deepen this like higher education in cannabis. What's good? Um, So this master's program, it's University of Maryland, Baltimore. My mom saw it on the news. So shout out to my mom. Um, My family wanted me to get like a degree and I was like, not unless it's aligned with what I'm doing, but it is amazing. So University of Maryland, Baltimore, it is one of the top pharmacy programs in general. So so like last semester, I took pharmacology and pharmacokinetics. Right now, it's like clinical care. So I'm, I did not realize how much of a formula physicians had before they ask you certain questions. And so we're going to learn like dosing um, and a lot more things like that. And then in March, I'll be taking cannabinoid chemistry. So I'm in class with pharmacists, physicians, doctors, people that have helped pass legislation. Next year, I'll be able to take, it's a two-year program. So next year, I'll be able to take some electives and some advocacy classes. Because as you know, as a bud tender, you have so many roles. You need to be their therapist. You need to be their consultant. You have to recommend products and you have to deal with if they like the product or not. So it really is teaching us the full well-rounded circle of it. And it is the first program. So it's amazing being in this program. Like everyone, everyone shows up. That's so exciting. That sounds incredible. I mean, it just sounds like that's the future. Like it's it's being taken seriously. Okay. Create a PhD program if you're listening, because that is the only reason I will take that. Brie will definitely take your PhD program. Are you like, do you love being in a learning cycle? Like, are you you're academically um, gifted? Um. So I graduated from my bachelor's in 2018 and 
at first working at Kaleva was nice because I was learning stuff every day, but then I just hit this slump. And I've had, I worked in an accounting firm and a law firm and an, I was an executive assistant for an Eastern Chinese medicine plate. Like I've had all the different jobs. So if I'm stagnant, like I'm just not fun to be around. So academically gifted, you know, mostly I did get an A in my pharmacology class with no science background, but um, I'm just curious. You know, I love conversations. I will talk. I have a video of my dad saying she will talk the spots off of a cow, but it's because you learn. Like I want to be learning all the time. What's the point to not be? Yeah. Do you feel like this time to yourself, you've aligned with your purpose and perhaps that looks like a teacher in this lifetime, a teacher's role in some way, some capacity? Um, Great question. I'd say I'm always trying to like help. Like if I've been through something and you're about to do it, like I'm always trying to be like, okay, do this, do this, do that, do that. So I guess this is just like a natural quality that I have that I will be able to pursue in as a career. And it's something that's not going to be a single role. I'm going to be able to develop this role over and over and over again. Like, and I guess teaching is just going to be like the foundational aspect of it. So yeah, I guess you could put it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What, yeah, what are the goals? So once you graduate and you have this title, what does your ideal day look like? Like I don't know, two or three years from now. Yeah. So right now I want to create the educational classes, just kind of individual to basically build up to a bigger platform. So kind of right now just putting a lot of the pieces together. Um, One thing I want to do, so my mom works for the dependency court. So basically like if you get your child taken away from you, if you've seen like any of the abuse cases like in Lancaster on the news, my mom has been a part of like most of those. So she just let me know basically about there's like, parents that you know they could potentially get their child taken away from them because of cannabis use so there's a need for cannabis expert witnesses right now so that is definitely something I want to get involved with because that is going to be a lot more like I can definitely teach people how to consume things but we're not thinking about the people that have been negatively affected by it because it's really not a fair scale that tends to also be um really a racial crime and and a part of like the medical community because it is it does come down to a bias really at least my understanding is not everyone gets tested i think it's some certain people are asked to or yeah and that is where then um child protective services comes in in the dispensary say this like you know white middle-aged mom comes in and goes i just want to replace my glass of wine that's it seems like you know that's when you think of like kikoko and papa and barkley like that type of aesthetic but i feel like if like you know a black mom or mexican mom comes in and wants to smoke people are like don't you have like kids to watch like you and you can see it like on the front lines and then even to being aware of like your own personal assumptions because you know you have customers coming in all day so you're kind of like used to like you know they might like this and they might not like this or things like that but like even just being aware of how much you personally bring to that table Mm -hmm. because we're not all innocent in that no we're not all innocent and I think for me one of the greater lessons of being a bud tender was oh, you really don't know anyone until you have a conversation with (laughs) them. Like, what would you say is one of the bigger lessons that bud tending has given you? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I usually will, I'm just so sensitive and I'm like, did I say something wrong? Like, but what I learned is say I come in to this person and my attitude's great and I welcome myself and they hit me with this attitude. I used to think like, you know, what can I have said differently? Things like that. But really just remembering every single day, every single conversation that you have, 
about like you know even like projecting like during quarantine I finally like understood the concept of projecting since since I didn't have to be around people all the time I was able to be like hey like you know what I mean so realizing that if you show up and someone you know like you show up like you bring like your full self and like you do what you can and if someone comes in with like an attitude and things like that I would always tell the new people that I was training this at the Cleva I'd say there, that attitude they came in with, I said, that's why they came in. They needed to get the weed. I just, I would always say they need the weed. So sometimes like we would do like this thing and I know you can't, we would just like make this face at each other and we would just mouth, they need the weed. Um, so really just remembering someone may have had a really bad day and that's why they came with the attitude that has nothing to do with me and like not to absorb it all because you know there's so many different demographics and if you're too young and then they're like I've been smoking weed since before you're born and you're like cool but you came in and you wanted something so what's up like let's get it that is oh my and it's helped me so much in my life like you're having a bad day and I'll give you what I can but I'm gonna smoke this weed and I'm not gonna take it personal yeah not taking things personally not absorbing that's such a great word because I, I think we are probably a little more anxious because we are super sensitive creatures and it's a double-edged sword it's a blessing and a curse to like feel everything yeah (laughs) we're we're definitely both empaths and it's it's a beautiful thing to be able to feel someone else's joy and pain it's a lot of responsibility so you have to be able to know how to set those boundaries and know that it's a projection of themselves and their relationship with themselves and has nothing to do with you do you ever do like cord cutting exercises after like the cafe or the dispensary when i work for the eastern chinese medicine practice you basically like throw your arms down and you shake and because i don't even know about the shake it off music video you know that i was in that so he would always go shake it off wait cheerleader in the music video (laughs) (laughs) if you see the girl doing the toe touch in the center and then the other one i used to like never talk about it and that was like six years ago now yeah yeah that's so dope and then so he'd make fun of me and he'd go so it's like and I was doing that the other day and like my boyfriend was just looking at me but I think he knew that I was like relieving my stress and it works what is um cord cutting is essentially that you're gonna have let's say someone in mind maybe it's your co-workers maybe it's your partner maybe it's that shitty customer that was just a prick to you for no reason and you're going to lovingly picture like an energy cord connected from you to that person this also works really well if you've been like hooking up with fuck boys and like just not the best guys and you need to cut those cords <laughs> um so you're just gonna envision like literally like cutting that cord that's connecting you to them and regain that energy I guess it's symbolic. And then the hope is that you're going to do that. I mean, and even if it's, you know, placebo effect, that's still strong enough to work. I like that. Yeah, dude, you got to cut those cords. I did want to touch on one thing you said about that creating boundaries thing that is difficult. Because when you're working for a company, I would always have to tell myself, like part of that personal thing, I would say, you are an employee today. You are not Brie. You're not Brianna right now. So that is what's difficult, especially being a female, is how do you respectfully, because you're working with cannabis, which is intimate, and then you're female and, you know, say this person who is pushing the boundaries, cannabis and a female, oh my gosh, you know, they get overwhelmed. And it's like, how do you represent yourself and the company while, you know, simmering down like the 
situation. Like I'm sure, like I'm even, we worked, both worked at the cafes, both dispensaries. So I'm sadly sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. But that moment of having to represent the company, representing cannabis and the stigmas of cannabis, and then also respecting yourself too. But it's like, how do you do all three of those things? Like woman in cannabis, finally being taken seriously. But it's like, how do you stand up and not be called that bitch or, you know, whatever? Are you asking me? I mean, <laughs> if you have an answer, you know, by all means. I think at times you can't be afraid of being that bitch. But if, if you're so- for a company, you know, like that that line. For sure. And and I think at that moment, it would have to be something so drastic. And, and the hope would be that your company would have your back. They did. There's moments I had to go to the back and yeah, you're right. First and foremost, your health and your safety should be their number one priority as their employee. I think not letting things slide and just calmly saying that was inappropriate. If there's resistance towards that, it's like, yeah, well, then we're going to have to get some other people involved, including like upper management, especially if you're a bed tender and someone's making you feel uncomfortable. I think you should be able to have a moment to say, you know what, let me check check something. Exactly. Let me go check this product in the back and bring at least some awareness to your manager who I know is going to be able to see you through the cameras because they're watching you anyway. So just bringing that awareness to like the situation and that person I think is like a healthy start. Well, I think your answers were great because I'm sure again, sadly that I'm not the only one. So I feel like some people listening will definitely be happy for that information. Like your answers were good and calm and not, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, because I'm it's hard. So Sometimes it's hard because, yeah, exactly. I remember having someone tell me to go fuck myself because we were charging taxes. Yeah, because I get that tax money. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, and it happened to be like as he was walking out, and I was like, cool, you're banned, bro. Like, <laughs> and it feels so good <laughs> when your manager actually blacklists somebody. You're like, thanks for having my back. Yes, it's the best feeling. And it's like, I don't think bedtenders typically like abuse that. So I feel like anytime no. it's asked, it should be approved, which isn't always yes. the case. And I'd be like, why am I still helping this person? That is a security guard and a reception issue. Come on, people. Just like, oh my gosh. No, I, there is a couple times because I had this one guy that would like literally like kind of like low key stalk me. And like, oh. so my, I several times had one of the guy managers grab me before I even saw the guy. Ooh. Um, And this was at Khaliba. And like, that's just when I felt just like the most a part of anything. Like, people that you're working with caring about you but then we go to the front desk like because you know you're not supposed to be smoking on the job and shit like that but if you can work it's fine but like think like that is a safety measure and this one chick threw money at me and she still got in she like spitting at me like (gasps) yeah yeah (laughs) and they kept letting her in eventually they finally like got it together see i've never worked reception so it's like i don't even know what goes on in the beginning of cross train at kaliva that way like you there's no blame game like you know how the role goes and that's like even at the cafe there was so much separation in the beginning because Mm -hmm. there was food servers and then there was flower hostess like that is why it's important to cross train because you can't think anyone else's job is easier and then you need to know the gaps just as much as they need to not miss the gaps like how can i know a mistake was made if i don't know what the process was right uh, yeah 100 percent. and and it wasn't until i think we were all cross-trained <laughs> that we had because I, I had never worked in a restaurant before like my entire background was dispensary life and retail so i had no fucking idea what goes on in a kitchen so it was cool to like get that experience even though that wasn't necessarily what we signed up for it was 
was like, oh, I'm actually leaving with this additional skill that I can take with me literally anywhere I go. That is a very positive way to look at that. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a lot of time of separation to be able to like think of it that way. A distant memory of like not having enough spoons for dessert and like, yeah. The nightmares are coming back. The nightmares are are strong. Oh my God. I'm not even going to say. No, what is it? What is it? That's why I right now I had a flood of just <laughs> of nightmares. It was just nightmare publicity. It was like first the herpes. I was just talking about that the other day. By the way, to those of you listening, the guy that had herpes and I like I get cold when I get stressed. Like it's it's sad to admit. Like I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I need to because we need to speak up. <laughs> it is not a sexual herpes. Like please, like I used to get made fun of in middle school, and I was like, it's not sexual. We need to speak, need to up. speak up. No, but anyways, the guy was a food server which means he like they're not even allowed to smoke so it was a food server oh see you knew who it actually was i had no idea who they were talking about cold sore so i knew who had the freaking cold sore because i remember being like oh cool somebody has a cold sore too like you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean oh yeah sure my grandma well because you know okay well now my grandma had him it's not my fault oh oh it's, it's genetic i don't know if it's like genetic or if she kissed me when i was like a baby or something like that no fucking but way one kiss when i've had them since i was little and i used to always get them during like finals and whatnot because it's stress induced so imagine just like you know pimples and braces and like yeah. a cold tour in middle school and like you're stressed and oh my gosh middle school is hard did you watch pen 15 although i don't even know if it'll speak to you because you're so young i was called an old soul as a child i was literally only around adults you are an old soul no you are an old soul for sure but it takes place in the early 2000s so it's like my middle school years dawson's creek all right i'm not that old No, I'm kidding. But but it's just it's all like um 2000s like fashion, fucking songs, the shit we she's pointing at her bandana right now. You are giving me Christina vibes for sure, Christina Aguilera. A little like Alicia Keys apparently. Okay, yeah. So maybe you would enjoy it cuz the two girls that are the stars are actually like in their 30s playing their 13-year-old selves. Recommendation. Yeah, it's a full-blown recommendation. <laughs> it's great. I you to recommend it to me. <laughs> Meanwhile, I love that show. I would love to know the best piece of advice you have to people starting out in the cannabis industry today. The best advice is to never stop learning um, and to fall in love with it and to be doing it for the right reasons. I started falling in love with it when people at Kaleva would come in with these different, like, okay, one person she came in with, um, she came in for her son's autism and wanted some CBD. She's like showing me these doctor's recommendations and I'm like, it's okay. Like I can just give you the product. And, like traditional Indian mother, like just so out of, like felt she felt so out of place and she came back in crying and she said, I think her son was like around like 11 and she said he was speaking for the first time and oh eating God. family, eating dinner with his family in the living room for the first time. So from there, you know, I was like, okay, let me learn more about autism so that I can help more. Like the customer that came in once with fibromyalgia, fibromyalgia and she 
she couldn't get medication for a couple of days for like an insurance reason, like bullshit. And she then was like, these um, Camino gummies, the CBD ones, they're like, I think six milligrams of CBD and two of THC. She was like, by the way, these help. And then even just one more, like this girl has ADHD. And so she actually taught me that like smoking sour diesel is like, cause that's a very strong sativa, like very head heavy. Um, she compared it to like Ritalin and things like that. So all these different customers would just come and teach me. And then from there, like, I want to help more people like you because thank you for being the one to do the research for me. Um, and there's just so many tools now. So don't go, I mean, if you want to do like the recreational stuff, then like be honest about that and go to shops that are more recreational. If you just want to sell flour and wax, be honest about that. But if you want to do something more like medicinal, whatever your passion is, like be honest with that and then actually like never stop because we still don't even know the mechanisms of CBD yet. Like how crazy is that? Like science is evolving. So you need to evolve with it. That was great. That was beautiful. And I think that touches on a good point. There are two different markets within this industry and you'd be doing yourself and the consumer a disservice if you were in the wrong space. And there's no wrong space, but if you were miss... A more fitting space. Yes. Thank you. In a more fitted space. I realized like the cafe was not the most fitting space for me. Did I like, you know, having a good time every day? Yeah. Could I have done that job in this master's program at the same time? Absolutely not. Um, I was high all the time and just wanting to hang out and stuff so it's where you're at in your life like and that's kind of why when the cafe closed it was probably around the right time for me personally now I'm back into my passion so it's about being honest with what space that you're in certain companies are just corporate and like that just like is kills a soul like let's (laughs) not do that like let's learn from our mistakes like let's learn from the pharmaceutical industry like don't come in for money and I'm still every day like I just found out about this other company that's like all for the money and like now I don't even want to like their post on Instagram like like even down to that petty level like it's just it's ruining the space for the people that are working so hard to rectify the propaganda from the middle 1900s oof that's powerful like it's like the internet like it's like that like you know all those people that got like really rich from like Microsoft and stuff like that yeah not that I'm trying to get rich but I'm just saying like the people that like knew about it then like and we only hear about it but like Mm -hmm. this is like what we get to be a part of yes there's the there's the internet bubble there's the people who knew to buy Google when they did not that it's about money but but the same concept yeah but yeah but exactly but we are a part of this pioneering industry that that you can kind of like break it down into like two major factors. Like, are you in this for wellness and because you want to help people and enhance their lives? Or are you in this because you can make a shit ton of money because weed is a commodity and And it will always will be. Sorry, if that's your goal, then cool. Be an investor. That's what I mean about be honest with it. Like we all need money, unfortunately, at the end of the day. So if that is your goal, then absolutely go meet a creative because there's so many out there and listen to their ideas and see why they're passionate about it and then invest in them and like be honest about it right rather than trying to do it yourself when you know nothing about the industry the sister's example from one of your podcasts oh yes la chingona yeah koi came through with that tea i didn't know about that i mean i'm hearing things you know in the dms and on the back end where it's like oh that company is actually not what they portray themselves to be and it's just like we're in this and we're still getting duped like imagine the customers you shouldn't need to be questioning the different brands in this industry. And like, that's not the foundation of what the industry is. Exactly. People smoke like that's cute and everything. But like, mm. I want to hear more like 
people's relationships with cannabis, but more of in an educational way too. Yeah, I would agree. It's like no hate or shade to the girls that are like killing the Instagram game and know how yeah. to use it as a resource and probably making a lot of fucking money. A shit ton of money. Like a lot of fucking money off of that platform. And it's like that's totally one way to to work with the plant. Well, it's like do what your do what your best features are. Like I'm not a very sexy person. I'm just not. You are then like rock the shit. You know, right? You know, you're you're adorable first and foremost. But like <laughs> adorable. That's I'm like a child. <laughs> no, but like both like adorable and sexy at the same time. Oh, okay. It's a thing. It's a well, thing, and guys are really into it. That's all I'm saying. So I don't need to be sexy for a guy to think I'm sexy. I just want to feel like that. Like woman you know like feel like like I've been paying my bills for like six years now you know what I mean like it's like when am I gonna feel like I'm my age feeling sexy and stuff like that is a part of like becoming like a woman feeling sexy feeling empowered loving your body accepting it Uh, I think you talked a lot about like cannabis helping take away all the outside noise and the factors and just being left with how do I feel about this how do I feel about myself what is the relationship that I want to cultivate um and and yeah self-love definitely definitely comes with age it definitely comes with therapy as well yes no shame in therapy because you're gonna you're gonna vent or splurge to somebody so it might as well be a professional dude it is so fucking helpful and it is a daily thing there's gonna be days that you feel like the sexiest motherfucker in the world when you access that and there are gonna be days when you're baby brie and that's okay because you're all of those things like we as women are so fluid you say things so well oh god i like it (laughs) tell me more because it's something and I'm going to be 32 in like a few weeks and it's something that like I still struggle with when I was like 15 if you were to ask me about like what I thought a 32 year old would be but like right now like you're 32 and like you're like my friend like yeah (laughs) you know like it's I don't know that's like the weird part about growing up it's like now you're that thing that you like you have this expectation for like what you thought this age would look like and I feel the same Girl, preach. I thought I would be, like, married with children when I was your age. I said 24, too. Oh, no. That's why I have cats. Uh, Yeah, same. And we love our cats dearly. (laughs) They're the best. I do want to introduce my next segment to you. It's called The Re-Up. It's basically where you're going to tell us whatever cannabis products you're really into right now, things that you want to re-up on that you've enjoyed in the past. What is your favorite music or artist to listen to when you smoke? Ooh, I mean, The weekend is, like, an all-time, obviously, Janae. It also, like, it depends, like, you know, Dance Monkey, if, like, I want to, like, dance and feel good, or, like, SZA, if I want to, like, sing. Every high, there's a different vibe. What's your favorite word for cannabis? Cannabis. Marijuana is, like, a very negative negative connotation, and I think some of the silly names are funny, but when you want it to be taken more seriously, I think cannabis is just... I'm too much of an appropriate person. That makes sense. (laughs) I love that. I think that's great. Appropriate person. Okay, marry, fuck, kill. This is a new one. I'm coming up with it on the spot. Marry, fuck, kill. Joint, edible, concentrate. Marry a concentrate, fuck a joint, and kill an edible because it will kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a lower tolerance for edibles? Well, I think the unpredictability is the part that I'm most uncomfortable with because I'm a planner and I like to be – 
I always like to be like on sativa buzzing unless I'm trying to knock out. And so for you, it's also like dabs over flour. Recently, I tried to stay away from them as long as I could for this exact reason, but there's just like such a clean, well, because of the tolerance, obviously, but they're just clean and tasty and quick and to the point and you're not coughing and yeah, easier to dose and control. Like you don't have a big joint and you feel like you just have to finish it. Like dabs, like are we both smoking a dab or am I just smoking one? Like I'll put in that amount. (laughs) As I was asked my boyfriend, like, are you smoking one? And he goes, yeah, like, okay, like a chunky one. Myself, like half a chunky one. I love that dose. Um, what's your favorite stoner movie of all time? Um, okay, well, I forget what the movie's called because I'm always trying to reference it, but it's my favorite quote. If I study high and I take the test high, I'll get high scores. And I'll oh. <laughs> Isn't that how high? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I wanted to, because, okay, I always get that and then don't get caught while drinking juice in the hood and being a menace or something like that. I always get those mixed up. He has, like, the crazy braids. I know. I'm pretty sure it's how high. No, yeah, you I lost those me. two mixed up. But who? What's the second one? Um. Okay. What are those brothers like from like the nine? Okay, it's like Wayne's brothers. Get... Yes. How did you know that? <laughs> you like. Other than bud tending, what other profession would you like to pursue? Hemp plastic. Um, being in like I have a. I was telling you before I have a 3D printer at home, so I'm printing out my like little hemp plastic things um so just like more biodegradable packaging that is that is something i once once and i'm putting this out there once i have the capital to do so i do want to do i mean i'm not gonna you know take too much but basically everyday plastics and hemp plastic that is a sexy dream that is a sexy dream that's a sexy dream for everyone so you would make like packaging for cannabis products or would you more like accessories type stuff so like right now like i have like so the company, I'm like still gonna, you know, I'm still working on it, but it's gonna be like 720 alt, um, and alt's like alternative. So, like, one of like the rolling trays I have, like, there's like this little opening on the side so that you could just pour it directly into the bowl of the joint. And then I created like this ashtray with like this thing inside. Um, and I'm not saying what the thing is, but, um, and then you like, can you put your pipe over it, stuff like that. So, everything is because hemp plastic is an alternative to the plastic that we're using right now. Um, and it's biodegradable. So, all the things I want to create are, and because it's three printers so I can you know send me an STL file and I can print out whatever it is and STL is like what the you know the files on mm-hmm. um so everyday use type stuff that you would be throwing away more often that's amazing I'm so excited to see you do that fuck yeah we need sustainability in the space because it's it went from recycling glass jars for yes. new strains I by the way have every single packaging glass that went from when I started Kaliva it's like in this little bucket outside all of my glass and all of my like so right now like for my puff coat like I have one of the little dab concentrate things I put alcohol in it and then so it's right by my bedside table so whenever I want to clean out my puff coat so like there's just so many ways to reuse it but I do agree it's like going back to earlier when we're talking about like corporate and like how that's not the foundation of cannabis the same thing is with waste yeah. like that's not with like the whole idea of cannabis is it's really weird how that was overlooked during the processing and like regulations and just planning were you working for a dispensary it was like i think when i first started working there they basically had to take everything off the shelves because they changed packaging laws Mm -hmm. some like simple stupid technicality bullshit so they literally had to throw away like so you know you have packaging and like you build it in advance you you know create it in advance Mm -hmm. 
all of the stuff they had, they had to throw away because they changed regulations. Yeah, we had to pull a lot of stuff off the shelves. Yeah, so we definitely tried to sell as much as we could and then stock up ourselves because fuck that like that's crazy like it's medicine since you are so into dabbing what are some of the concentrate or extract companies that you're fucking with right now oh my favorite is cbx i think it's like cannabiotics Mm -hmm. or something so i kept seeing it everywhere and i saw it in the dispensary and i was like you know what like i'm gonna get it the cereal milk holy moly that is like the favorite I think it's a hybrid, I'm assuming, that I've, and I don't normally like hybrids like that, but that one was amazing. But I like to get like a large portfolio, so I'll kind of go for like the mid shelves. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like a different dab for every time of the day. So even like Cannabis 101 has really good prices and pretty solid stuff that I've had so far. If you have the money and you really want a fun one, go for 710, definitely. But even with extracts, I mean, there's so many different prices. I always say first look at the strain. To me, the strain is more important than the quality just because at what time of day it is, like that's what's most important. And then when you're going through, a lot of the mid-shelf stuff is actually really good. A lot of the stuff, a lot of the times when you see stuff, like 200% of the prices of the mid-shelf, which basically like double the price, it's a lot of it's brand name. So just don't discredit mid-shelf or lower-shelf stuff. Even if you don't really know what you're looking at, you can still kind of get a good feel of the quality because it's either if it's like batter, if it's like pretty solid and nice and creamy and things like that and not having like weird kind of colors. And um, even even if you don't have a trained eye, when you look at them, you can tell the really good mid-shelf stuff. But basically just don't discredit the lower mid-shelf extracts because extracts in general have a better process and that's why it's an extract. Yeah, do you usually go like solventless versus solvent-free? Do you like something that didn't have a solvent involved at all in the process? I mean, generally, yeah, just because of that whole like connoisseur type of whatever. But that's why I always say, so it's like, so when you're making extracts, basically you're, you know, extracting the plant from it and you're just getting like the trichomes and the cannabinoids. And so you're eliminating like the lipids and the fats and a lot of the stuff that cannabis has that's harsh on your lungs. And it's basically just stuff that is not medically necessary. So that's why like I'm not as specific when it comes to it because it already excretes a lot of the stuff you don't need just to get to that concentrate form. So that's why even if it's not the best shelf and stuff like that, again, it still has less you know, extra stuff than regular flour would. So it's still already a better process regardless of the different connoisseur details. Cool. I never turned down a dab. Okay, so final segment is time to call your plug, which is basically your moment to plug anything that you're working on or like social media where people oh. can find you. So I... plug plug yourself. If you want to find any of my cannabis content, you can find me at hi.brebabe. That's H-I dot B-R three E's and then babe. Um, I do have a personal page, but... And that one's just regular Brie Babe. Again, with the three E's. Yeah, I'm pretty much just Instagram at the moment. (laughs) I mean, Instagram's the key holder to you um, reaching masses and being able to spread this education about cannabis because people are hungry for it. They want to know. They do. And you break it down in such an easy, visually pleasant way that it's like just to get a daily little, oh, that's something about this strain that maybe I've smoked before that I never knew moment I think it would happen a lot for a lot of people well I appreciate that because I'm definitely still getting my feet wet kind of finding 
you know, what I want to promote myself as. So feedback, definitely always open to feedback and stuff like that because it really is like I know a lot of stuff. So I need help with what do people want to know and things like that because no bud tender is created equally. So just wanting to give people the resources and the tools to already know what questions you want to go into the dispensary with, what research you can do on your own so that every experience you have is just more pleasant. So getting my feet wet with it, definitely the support that I've already had so far. Just, I don't know, man. It's um, it's surreal. It makes me really appreciative. Definitely taking feedback and, and advice, and I appreciate your words. Go check her out. You'll learn something, I promise you. Thank you so much for being here. It's so nice to see you. I can't believe I haven't seen you in so long. Just, you know, hang out with me. Ah, uh, we'll hang out. That's the show. Thank you for listening to another episode of That Bud Tender Podcast. Follow me at The Stone Journalist. Follow the show at That Bud Tender Podcast. Like, share, subscribe, and keep getting high, my babies. Mm-hmm.